over a thousand generations of Jedi Knights and Guardians of Peace, Justice, Hello, and welcome back to A People's History of the Old Republic. As always, my name is Luke, and I am joined by my co-host, Kelsey. And today, we are here to talk about uh, the the politics of the Sith. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's it's pretty funny, because uh, those politics are pretty... Uh, pretty cut and dry but we're going to get into it uh we're going to get into it here in a minute but first i just thought it'd start us out with a uh with a quick uh you know a fun question kelsey who is uh your favorite sith lord whatever favorite means to you favorite character favorite story wh- whatever that means who's your favorite okay except vader you can't say vader sorry i sure well i think of all the protagonists or characters we see on screen associated with the Sith. I am especially partial to um, Asajj Ventress. Um, <laughs> I think I know the the their conflicting canon, but her introduction in the uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars is mm-hmm. one of the most singularly badass moments in all of Star Wars. It's pure Sith all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, for for those who who haven't seen, I'm highly recommended. I think it's still on YouTube, and if it's not on YouTube, I believe you can find it through Disney Plus. Who knows? But look mm-hmm. it up. Um, but her part is uh, we it's a, it's a short. These are this was the series. It was all like three minute shorts, which is a, a mm-hmm. great length for a kind of uh, mostly silent film exploration of character. But uh, we see Dooku going to a massive arena that has been constructed to find a new apprentice. Um, and it's all sorts of burly and monstrous dudes and with their fancy weapons, everything. And Ventress just uh, shows up late, destroys everybody, threatens Dooku's life, big duel. It's incredible. And the thing I think that is particularly compelling, um, and we see this space explored um we don't really see it on screen in the movies much, but we see it a lot in Clone Wars, both versions, where the notion of how do you have a rule of two and also how do you have the Sith apprentice training their own apprentices to help them overthrow the Master. Um, and I think Ventress is one of the most striking examples of it. Uh, just all around badass, Driven has her own lore her own base of people she she hails from and goes back to um and it's a lot and i think she's just uh it just she's neat i'm a big fan what about yourself luke (laughs) yeah i like ventress uh she is uh she's fun and i like her in the clone wars and um if uh if everybody gets a chance there's a um a book and I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but it was based on like an eight episode Clone Wars arc that was going to tell the story of how Asajj Ventress and uh, the Jedi Quinlan Voss fell, fell in love. And um, and uh, long story short, in canon, basically Ventress dies to uh, redeem Quinlan from the dark side because they're in love. Um, and uh, I think has his kid i think i think that's in the book it's been a while 
anyway, it's 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 sad that she dies in it, but it is a good um, ending, and it is uh, it's a good story. So you should check that out. The name of the book that I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> um, yeah, that thing. Um, my favorite. Uh, I mean, yeah, I hate to be like a you know like a libertarian tryhard, but I, I really like Kraya. Like <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know. We we did we did twelve episodes on Knights of the Old Republic too. I could we could have I could have probably done you know twenty more. Um, but you know I, I just uh, I love the character. Uh, very interesting. Um, very uh, uh, a very good way to make you look at uh, at Star Wars and look at the things and the institutions in Star Wars, um, and uh, you know and just. <laughs> and she's just like, no, this this is all stupid. This is all bullshit. I hate this. And it's like, yeah, you're right. This is all bullshit. We should find and kill God. You're right. Fuck this. Um, and on the one hand, that's kind of petulance. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, um, you know, she's, she's got shitty, you know. She's got shitty ideas, but she's she's an interesting fucking character. Um, you know the uh, the wise old uh, the wise old wizard um, the wise old amoral wizard is uh, is a trope, a thing that I love. Um, and you know, so so she fits that really well because you know even when she's supposedly still a Jedi, you know, and she's your she's just your teacher. She's you know. Um, uh, definitely not on the up and up when it comes to a lot of things and she's just like yeah you know Revan did some gen- Revan you know Revan killed you know uh, a bunch of his own soldiers on purpose it's fine you know he just did what he needed to do to you know get by and you're like huh hmm hmm I mean and I think it's stuff like that that like makes Kreia like such a, a very well-written character because she's saying these things and most of the stuff she's saying is true or at least ostensibly true. Um, and you know, and it's like these like cutting insights about all these characters and, uh, you know, why the Jedi, you know, are wrong and why the Republic is dumb and why the Sith have failed all, you know, all this, all this sort of shit. And, uh, but at the same time, like she still has like these things. She's like, hero worship is dumb. I can't believe you people worship all these. You know, all, I can't believe the Jedi worship all this shit. You, you're wrong to have heroes like this. And then cra- And then she turns around and she's like, oh, Revan was so great. He was so <laughs> great. And it's like, I mean, like if it hadn't been done so. Um, you know, so pointedly, I would think that maybe they, they weren't really doing it on purpose, but I mean, I, I absolutely think it was on purpose. You know, it's like she, uh, you know, in the end she's like, Oh, why do I use the force? Even though I say the force is bad. And it's like, Oh, because, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm trying to use it to destroy it. And then she's just like, nah, I'm a big hypocrite. You know, maybe that's all I am the whole time, you know, and she just kind of, and you know, she just kind of gives the game away there at the end. And, uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's nice. Um, yeah, big, uh, big Treya fan. Um, you know, a lot of the Sith are kind of meh to me. Um, you know, Malik, ugh. um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we get, we get the, we get the greats like Naga Sadao, you know, every once in a while. And then mostly it's, you know, your, your, your run of the mill freed nads and, uh, you know, and, um, 
I don't even know. Um, I can't even remember uh, scare cons. You know, Ugh. what a great, what a great name. Ugh. Anyway, the Sith. Everybody loves the Sith. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, just wanted to to start that out uh, with a little question there. Um, you know, see see what we had, uh, see what we had to go off of. Um, and yeah, and uh, normally we would do a question from Patreon, but um, I uh, not been feeling well this week. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, behind on things like that, and that is my fault. Um, but uh, but yes, um, if you would like to join our Patreon, um, where I will hopefully remember to do things in the future uh, and, and ask you know ask for questions um, instead of uh, being forgetful and, and sick, um, then by all means please subscribe at uh, Patreon.com/slash/FotorPod, um, and that is where we have uh, bonus episodes like our series on. Um, uh, on the Clone Wars animated series, and uh, we have a Discord, and uh, you can ask questions uh, normally when, again, I'm not sick and forgetful. So, please subscribe. $5 a month. It'll be great. That's the greatest commercial uh, in history for anything. Oh, <laughs> just amazing. Um, God damn it. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> anyway, something I'm not quite as bad at, the Sith. So, uh, throughout our look at the politics of different organizations and entities in the galaxy far, far away, we've encountered groups that are multifaceted with both good and bad sides. The Republic, while being a largely corrupt oligarchy, uh, does protect trillions of people and provides some level of political structure and representation to a chaotic galaxy. The Confederacy of Independent Systems, a.k.a. the Separatists, were a secessionist political entity led by a secret Sith Lord, but their members had seceded um, for valid reasons and believed their purpose was to combat the corruption of the Republic. Hell, even the Force, with all its attendant frustrations and casual infringement of free will, binds all life together and also allows the Jedi to do cool flips and shit. But the Sith, well, the Sith have one goal and only one goal. Power. The, un the unadulterated pursuit of power can take many forms. A thousand-year plan to take power and genocide the Jedi. A planned 20-year power grab, uh... By Jedi turned to the dark side and fueled by a super weapon foundry or just killing the force. They are all but means to an end and the end is power, though it also usually comes on the side of attempted Jedi, a, attempted genocide against the Jedi as a nice little treat. They might be entertaining villains who we love to hate. They may occasionally make a really good point about our erstwhile heroes and they may stand in opposition to the massive and obvious contradictions of the Jedi Republic. But even so, they are still Sith and a sclerotic order of holy monks who enforce the status quo of a corrupt pseudo-republic is always better than an empire built upon slavery, humanocentrism, and colonialist extraction. There are no good Sith empires, and there never were. Uh, if they were good, they wouldn't be Sith. Um, for all the deep contradictions and correct yet harsh truths that Darth's Palpatine and Treya point out about the Jedi, these points are still being made by enslaving warlords who would rule the galaxy with iron fists as imperial tyrants. Now, is this realistic? No, of course not. Uh, right and wrong and good and evil are rarely so cut and dried as they are in fiction, and especially in a, star, a story like Star Wars with a definitive group of good guys and a definitive group of baddies. Uh, but that doesn't mean the Sith as a political, a political entity aren't interesting, um, which is what we're going to discuss today. Besides, 
they do be making good points sometimes. So, Kelsey, um, what is uh, what is your favorite uh, good point that the Sith continually make, despite their other uh, <laughs> awful flaws? So, I think what is most essential to the Sith, what we see from the earliest inklings of of the Sith as a as a term and as a description, and, and as we're introduced to it in canon and throughout, um, and I think is is the useful thing to take away really from them writ large is that they have a singular focus on acquiring and wielding power. And then with that power, acquiring and wielding more power, the notion um, that power exists for other purposes, other than to get more of it. um, And that you, if you have power, you should be uh, restrained in its use are um, sort of alien concepts to the Sith. I think there's really just there's mm-hmm. there's really something I think fundamental that, um, and this is something that like we I find found frustrating about like with Palpatine being retconned to build an empire to fight the Yuuzhan Vagar all that. Palpatine built an empire because Palpatine and his whole arc is to be the most powerful person in the galaxy um, because that's mm-hmm. the point of it all. And I think that there's something to latch on to because that's a thing that is like, um, that's a perspective that some people just have. And there's whole Mm -hmm. sorts of real life political ideologies, which are about putting power in the right hands, which can be defined in a whole host of ways, but often ends up being um, in these extremely exclusionary ways of like Mm -hmm. a singular dictator or monarchist or um, some divine right or hereditary or will to my mm-hmm. being. Um, and so I think having the Sith as a cartoonish version of it, but also as a clearly focused on power is a really useful thing for the universe. Um, and also for anyone viewing it and interacting in our world writ large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, their idea of, um, of, what to do with power once you've acquired it is, um, I would argue, wrong. But their idea that uh, that you should take and hold power, um, and not, you know, uh, and and you know, not not openly wield it, or you know, not 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 pretend like you don't have power and hide it behind, you know, a bunch of uh, a bunch of norms and institutions is uh, is. Not not a bad uh, not a bad lesson to take away uh, from from this uh, you know from the Sith if if you if you're if you're looking for a good lesson here and I mean like um, you know as I said in the real world you know you can't just like point at an empire and be like ah it's all bad you know everyone who leads an empire like this you know is just a thoroughly evil person with no redeeming qualities or anything like that. Um, uh, because, you know, most of uh, a, a lot of stuff throughout history has been done by, you know, empires and monarchs and, and you know, so, so some of those things have, have been good from time to time. But, you know, we're not really talking about that because, uh, you know, it's not like uh, the Sith don't come in and, you know, uh, they don't pull a Napoleon where it's like, yeah, Napoleon formed an empire and that's really bad. And he tried to reinstitute slavery and that was also really bad. But he also uh, literally destroyed feudalism wherever he went for like 
I don't know, 15 years, uh, which is unambiguously good. Um, you know, not saying that Napoleon is a good person, um, but, uh, you know, we don't really have anything like that. Uh, Darth Sidious didn't uh, really um, form his empire and uh, destroy feudal bonds uh, along with it or anything like that, uh, nor did Revan or anyone else. Um, in fact, they would, uh, they would strengthen the feudal bonds, uh, probably. So, you know, just, uh, you know. <laughs> it's just something I always kind of think of because you, you'll see people and they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, what about like a good Sith? And I'm like, there aren't good Sith. There are Sith that are interesting. There are Sith that may be fun as characters, but like none of them are good. Like that's not the point of the Sith. <laughs> the point, even when they make good points, the point is not that they're good. Like, no, that's not. Yeah, they're also right. Like it's something about them, right, is that they're fundamentally driven because this is how the Sith are are defined and, it, and there's other stuff that expands on this but how they're defined from the very start is that they are fueled by fear and anger and hatred and those are not emotions you build um, that you can that, that can lead you to to mercy or to kindness or to protection of others it's a it's very clear like this sort of hard line like the sith bent towards and you've seen this whenever it's been adapted into a game some more or less successfully than others but like the more violent thing is the sith choice etc and mm-hmm. um and if you want to be a force user who does good things and is driven by other emotions your options are like jedi or like gray jedi and that's about as close as you could get if you're just going to if you're like i am playing as sith or i'm being sith your choices your options are really limited to what in what way does following the path of cruelty make my future easiest Mm -hmm. um and that's sort of that's the thing right it's that they unlocked a, a shortcut between a and b and it's um carved through younglings with lightsabers yeah yeah i mean uh like uh you know you can you can look at star wars however you want to you know i have my own particular uh you know personal uh idiosyncrasies on the way i view it but like um you know lucas himself is is very um like very uh obvious about what the sith are what he um one of his quotes on uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith is, uh, uh, he says, the Sith are people who are very self-centered and selfish. There used to be many Sith, but because uh, they hunger for power, they killed each other off. So now there are only two, a master and an apprentice. Sith rely on their passion to get things done. They use their raw emotion, their hatred, their anger, their bitterness, which is the dark side of the Force. The Force is what binds the galaxy together, and it has a good and bad side. The Sith learned how to manipulate both sides of the Force, and they fell into the trap of being corrupted by the dark side, uh, you know, just like Kelsey said. Um, you know, like, this is a very, uh, you know, they're, they're, very, they're evil, and they're very obviously evil. And, you know, like, you could tell because, you know, the, the Sith kind of, all the Sith empires that we see basically all have certain characteristics that they adhere to uh to to some extent or the other and i mean you know they they might say the they might say this very explicitly or they might not but you know that's kind of you know 
the universal traits that all these empires kind of have, uh, Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I think just sort of when we're looking at at the structures of these these Sith empires, the big thing um, is it's it's sort of a problem we've seen that follows any kind of structure where you concentrate power in an individual and then you don't have super strict mechanisms for clear mechanisms or institutions for how mm-hmm. you pass that along. Like, it's not obviously a direct analog, but for a while before the Ottoman Empire had clear succession rules, a thing that would happen is that every... Um, you had an era where every death of a sultan would lead to a war of succession among his heirs, and then what you had shortly... Um, one sultan who would win is like, you know what we should do instead is make it so there's only one heir. Um, and that <laughs> led to a lot of like, and you, you could get these weird institutions of violence, but that was the institution you had to carry along mm-hmm. and to pass it on was inheritance. And so the Sith follow these patterns, and we see it several times played out in the Sith empires of the past, right, is you have this um, this structure of the the society is ruled by people whose singular goals goal is ambition and their singular ability is being good at violence and it turns out <laughs> that you are basically setting up every single time an elimination bracket for who gets to be in charge <laughs> yeah i've never really thought about that but that is exactly what they're doing yeah um so like all, all of the Sith that, uh, that we're going to talk about, all of the Sith that, that we've talked about on the show, they they are empires. Like, I guess except for the Lost Tribe of the Sith um, and the, the, the Feudal Sith at the beginning of, or during the Knight Errant series. Um, I mean, they're, they're all basically explicitly empires. And the only reason those two aren't uh, it is because, you know, they they didn't have the circumstances to be, you know, the the Lost Tribe of the Sith is very feudal, um, which is, you know, uh, one of the, you know, one of the the progressions of, of oppression throughout our history that came about, uh, you know, um, uh, around or uh, before or, you know, uh, about the same time as the rise of, of these massive empires here on Earth. Um, and uh and um the 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 feudal sith in, in the night errant series are, are the same way you know but other than that they're they're all empires like some of them might call themselves a sith empire and explicitly say yes we are sith we we are what we are or they might be like palpatine where he just calls it he calls it an empire but it is an empire that is uh led and uh and um and, and, and uses Sith ideals, even though he doesn't say that out loud, because, you know, maybe that would be political, uh, you know, politically uh, uh, fraught or, you know, problematic. Or maybe, you know, he just doesn't want to. Um, and he just likes his secret genocide. You know, his, 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 he likes to secretly end the Holy War. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things I think that is sort of striking, right, is that the the manifestation of the Sith we get, and we have this clear thing where the Empire is, in the long run of things, far more short-lived than it gets credit for. I mean, it's mm-hmm. central to the Skywalker saga, but it is, 
um, intact for less than 50 years, even if we are extremely generous in going back as far mm. as Palpatine's chancellorship and maybe if we extend part of it. But, like, it's not there, right? Like, the Empire has... It's, it's much mm-hmm. shorter than that. It's probably... Um, it's. I think it's about... The the actual Galactic Empire uh, lasts for about twenty three yeah. years from the day it's from from the time it's uh, inaugurated until uh, the until the Battle of Endor, um, and then there's like in canon there's like another year of like an Imperial remnant, and then it basically all breaks apart. So it's like twenty four or twenty five years, like you know, and <laughs> yeah, they traded the they they traded ruling uh, the entire galaxy in the open, you know, a thousand years of working in secret for. 23 years good job guys good uh good good return on investment there i mean it's um, like we could certainly see job. and like history is, is full of, of similarly like uh world shaping mm. and short lived empire so it's not that unheard of but it's a mm. weird thing to to look at it's like oh here's this this massive conversion of everything to sith rule and it's like well no, it's just displacing. It's displacing a broken rule with an ironclad rule that then has a single point of failure. And once the emperor is gone, it's gone. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a weird. I don't know it's a weird read on it, but it does fit into sort of this longer pattern of the Sith build at, as as sort of an ideology, as a political drive, is to accumulate power and then wipe out and so like really the the meaningful mm-hmm. change that happens right if the empire is the brief blip um in the in the cosmic timeline the uh, eradication of the jedi is the singular accomplishment of palpatine yeah yeah i mean it for for him for him it absolutely is it's um it's the uh he, he, I mean, he doesn't really do much of anything else. Like he like sets up, like he sets up the empire in a certain way and, you know, runs it a certain way. But like his thing is that he, um, he, he turns the Jedi, you know, he destroys them and then he turns them into, uh, you know, a forgotten myth who, you know, a lot of times you'll see people be like, uh, or, you know, people say like, well, how, how do people not know about the Jedi? Uh, you know, um, uh, you know, during the time of, you know, the the original trilogy or, or during the, you know, the sequel, the time of the sequels or something like that. Um, and the the answer is because Palpatine killed them all and then he damned their memory and erased everything about them from the history books. So the only thing that were survived were like people like the living memory of older people. Like, you know, the people who, uh, you know, formed the, um, the rebellion, like Saw and Mon and, uh, and Bale, Organa, um, and, uh, and then, you know, people who like, you know, kind of had heard about it or, or learned about it secretly through, you know, like secret means of some kind. And yeah, and he doesn't, that's why nobody knows about the Jedi, but, but you're absolutely right. Like the one thing that he does, his one giant contribution, um, is you know, uh, killing off the Jedi and then failing to fully consolidate all of his problems. Uh, you know, he he definitely like you know, when you take a step back and look at it, you're like Palpatine for all that power that he had, he lost to a bunch of morons led by you know a princess, 
uh, a rube who uh, a sand farming rube and uh, you know a a fast talking huckster uh, with a with a big hairy dog buddy like that. There's no greater loss in in history. If you're a sports fan, that's the the Falcons losing a twenty eight to three lead in the Super Bowl, or the Warriors losing a three to one lead against the Cavs in the NBA Finals. Like that's an like that's the biggest L possible. The the you you cannot do it. He he has all of the power of like the might of galactic power. Like you know these huge civilizations that can can you know harness the power of suns and travel faster than the speed of light and he <laughs> and he loses to a bunch of fucking teddy bears just just an incredible uh, and also just, just incredible. i think something that is we sort of the rule of two which we've talked about um at length and especially if you listen to our darth bane episodes um where we go into the the creation, the establishment of the rule of two. It's a very interesting sort of mechanism, but you can see it sort of traced backwards into canon from there's Palpatine and there's Vader, and that's the two Force users that are like the two Sith that Palpatine mm-hmm. knows about. And he might have inklings of others. There's other stuff that suggests to others. But as soon as Vader realizes he has the potential for an apprentice and can overthrow his master... To the end, mm. right? Like his his act in the um, in Return of the Jedi is often seen as very redemptive and like and like a return to the light, but it's also pretty in line with um, mm. with the Sith sort of dynamic of you overthrow your master with your apprentice, mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of and so so that's a sort of an inherent tension. It's one of the things that like frustrated me. I know as a as a young reader of, of expanded universe novels, like this rule seems really messy. And like, yes, that's, that's sort of the point. It makes for a, how you have a system mm-hmm. of continuity and fiction, but not um, what you actually like, but not a great system of governance, but there's all sorts of flimsy mm-hmm. um, systems of rule that, that persist for a, a surprisingly long reasons. So, um <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 the the i mean the rule of two always bothered me like i mean i i, I it bothered it bothers me from like a uh fr- from a meta perspective i of course understand why it's there like it's there because you need to explain why the sith are so powerful there are only two of them in the original trilogy you know and the the real reason is because you know the, we didn't know what sith were in the original trilogy that that word is not really used um um and uh and uh and so they had you know lucas has to invent this reason but like to me i'm just like there are so many empires and things throughout history that have been built on people just like all right i'm gonna kill my way to the top you know like and they get to the top and then they lead it for you know however long and somebody else is like gonna kill my way to the top you know it's it's not like it's it's not an unheard of thing so like the idea that is like you just can't exist with like you can't have a governmental or a uh, political structure that exists without uh, where people are are you know kind of backstabbing and killing their way to the top because it'll inevitably like crumble from within i'm like yeah no no <laughs> it bothers me it never it doesn't work that way but you know again it's you know it's a flimsy pretext to explain why there are only two in the original movies and we've we've spun all this out of it (laughs) and it also means you have to come up with weird things where they like want to add um sith into canon if you've seen rebels there's like sith 
Inquisitors, which is really towing up to the line yeah. of there being finite Sith and there's other <laughs> stuff in there. Um, I think that I think the characters are cool and it's an interesting choice, but it really like yeah. it's it's a contradiction baked into the canon now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's it's always it's always funny. Like the the portrayals of Bane are he is like very strictly like two people, two only two, and Palpatine's like, eh, I got Vader, and then I got I don't know. Let's say conservatively, uh, you know, eleven Inquisitors. I mean, and and he's always looking for like new people, you know, and new and and I mean, even one of the uh, one of the stories in the Clone Wars uh, where they're trying to abduct the children. Uh, um, uh, and, and take him to Mustafar for, for indoctrination in the dark side. He's like, I want a series of dark side assassins at, you know, at my beck and call, which I mean is kind of is, is where you get the, the in-universe impetus for the Inquisitors. But, you know, at the same time, it's like uh, Palpatine, the rule of two is like, you know, he and Vader and, you know, it's like the rule of two and, and, uh, and you know, two and, and, 26 28ths or you know he's he's like I'm, I'm taking this to the fullest fullest extent possible here regardless of uh you know whatever old old dead darth bane had to say about well you it. know that that imperial crest i've this has long puzzled me as to what, what it actually represents but it's the big asterisk on the rule of two um, and yeah. we can see it actually. I don't know what that does represent now that you mentioned it. I never have. No clue. I think we. It's like, it looks like a widget. It's a widget. Right? Are they reverse engineered it from the Death Star? Something like that. Uh, yeah, probably. What this also brings to my right is that there's the rule of two, and then there's also every possible Sith character thinks they are a different part of the rule of two, or they're somewhere else in the yes. sequence, right? Because Dooku has his apprentice, Palpatine has his apprentice's. That he is, it's he's yeah juggling. I was gonna say, um, not to. He has several apprentices who he doesn't tell about his other apprentices. He is um, polyamorous with the force in an unethical way. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Sith polycule. Great. Yeah, that's that's that's. Um, but it's the kind of thing where you see that the because the dynamic is person experienced experienced mentor hungry trainee and you see it repeated um, you, you see it repeated in canon over and over and over and sometimes and especially in the Clone Wars which is sort of about a breaking down of things anyway it's overlapping uh, in multiple ways with multiple dark side users taking or seeking their own apprentices and building that it's a it's a fascinating little dynamic um but it's also very clear that like as soon as soon as darth bane's vision goes beyond there's there's two two there's two who both know that there are two and they're both planning around the future actions and betrayals of the other mm-hmm. messy yeah yeah i mean yeah it, a system a system that you know where where you are bringing in someone and you are saying um 
I know that you are either going to usurp me and kill me or I am going to kill you for some other, you know, in some other reason. And that that is, you know, that that is a system that while it does reduce the number of Sith, it doesn't reduce the inherent chaos of the system because you're teaching this person, you know, you're you're molding them all the time and you know, you're just waiting until they turn, you know, oh, they get tired of doing this when they're like 18 or 20 or how old they are and they see if they fight you and they see if they can win like a system where you inherently just create the person who is go that who is either going to kill you or you are going to kill it's not like where like a master and apprentice like you know a master craftsman you know because the master craftsman they're going to retire and you know and 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 you know go and live out the rest of their life and then pass away but it's not like that it's like a zero-sum game of uh yeah one of us is going to retire both literally and figuratively and it you know it's going to be determined by this and and the per and the the master doesn't ever want to be retired and you know it's like that's that's uh, that's just an insanely complicated system um that leads to chaos too, but you know, here we are with the rule of two. Uh, so yeah, so um, you know, we we've talked, you know, talked a, a bit about you know the Sith, um, but it's really hard to find new ways to say the same uh, old things about them because I mean they're the Sith, um, and uh, while they are interesting as characters and things like that, you know, they. They like the dark side and want to kill the Jedi. They do some slavery, enslave Wookiees. They fucking love to enslave Wookiees. Uh, you know, um, man, they fucking love that shit. Um, uh, yeah, so, but we, we, so, so, so turning away from that, uh, we just want to kind of, uh, basically what, what we're going to call this section is, you know, let's, let's talk about some Sith. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> name some Sith. Let's, let's think about some guys. Um, and, you know, uh, talk about like the difference of iterations of Sith in, you know, the canon and legends. Um, canon is pretty simple because we only have two iterations. They're the Sith we see in the films who mostly follow the rule of two and, you know, mostly as we said earlier, and, you know, the Sith from before the Phantom Menace, um, who, you know, we basically know almost nothing about. Uh, we know they followed the rule of two since about 1032 BBY, which is before the Battle of Yavin. And we know almost nothing else. We've seen Darth Bane once. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's about it. And before that, the the thousands upon thousands of years that the Sith and Jedi uh you know, existed before Darth Bane. Uh, we know that, that, that the Sith and Jedi did fight for many thousands of years, and the Sith did at one point take total control of the galaxy, only for the Republic and Jedi to fight back and retake Coruscant, um, which is actually more than you can say for the Sith and Legends, uh, but, you know, there's that. Um, we also know that, like, certain individuals existed, but we don't really know when or what they did. Uh, and a good example of this is um, Malachor in Rebels. Um, we we see and, and kind of hear about what happened with the Sith there, but we can't place it in a timeline or really identify anything other than, you know, just what we're hearing in the, in the episode. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you got the Sith in the movies. Um, and then the Sith that we kind of know a bunch of very circumstantial evidence about. And that's about it. And <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, yep, we don't know very much. That's, that's the, the long and the short of it. The very short, very, very short. <laughs> um, 
But if you are a dedicated listener of Photor, or if you want to jump back into the archives, you'll know that there's a lot more about the Sith in Legends. There is so much more about the Sith in Legends. So let's go to the oldest Sith um, here, which is the original Sith Empire, who uh, they were Dark Jedi who were exiled in uh, 69,000 before the Battle of Yavin. Nice. Uh, 6,900. 6,900. Thank you. 6,900 before the Battle of Yavin. Nice. Also nice. Also nice. (laughs) Following their loss in the war during the Hundred Years' Darkness, they fled to Korriban. Um, They enslaved the native Sith species, and they ruled a small sector that was later known as Sith space for roughly 1,900 years. This is the Sith Empire of Ajutapal, Mark Aragnos, and of course, Naga Sadao. Uh, great names on these Sith. The, this iteration mm-hmm. is destroyed circa uh, 5000 BBY following their loss in the Great Hyperspace War. The Republican Jedi carry out the genocide against the Sith Empire and much of the Sith species. It is later discovered that a small group of Sith survived this event and formed their own secret empire, which would one day return as the true Sith. And this is, this is, you know, this is one of the Sith empires that, that, that people really remember. Um, you know, I don't, um, I think it's probably a testament to the design and the tales of the Jedi comics, but there are many people who have talked to me, uh, talked to us about the show, um, uh, you know, about, about tales of the Jedi, you know, they, they remember the story of Naga Sadao and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, they remember all this crazy, you know, Sith magic that he did. It all kind of looks like vaguely Egyptian and everything like that. And, um, uh, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, everybody just, just goes back, just goes back to the, to the original, um, you know, and you got Naga Sadao and, and one day we'll talk about it, uh, or, or, you know, I kind of want to do another episode about it, but the, the great hyperspace war, you know, Naga Sadao, 18 hours, man, 18 hours. He's, he's like, fuck it. We're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to be Kings. And, uh, yeah. And then they all died. Um, but, it was, but it was fun while it lasted, man. It was fun while it lasted. Good job, Naga. You did it, buddy. Um, everybody, everybody loves uh, Naga Sadao, especially me. Um, next, after uh, after the original Sith um, is uh, Friedenad's Theocracy. Um, so, uh, just an incredible name there, uh, Friedon Nad. Uh, about six hundred years after the Great Hyperspace War, the Jedi Friedenad falls to the dark side, searches out Sith teachings, learns and learns from the spirit of Naga Sadao, which resided on Yavin 4. After learning all he could, Nad sought a world to rule as his own and found Onderon, where he created a theocratic monarchy and his lineage ruled the planet for from 4400 to 4000 BBY. And this is all the stuff that this is this is that's all background for the stuff that happens in Tales of the Jedi on Onderon. So, you know, Ulit Keldroma and the Beast Wars, um, uh, the, the Freed Nad uprising, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Everybody remembers that. Good shit. Good shit. Which flows straight into Exar Kun's Sith Empire around 4000 BBY. 
a Jedi named Exarkun falls to the dark side and learns from Nod's spirit, while Ulic Keldroma falls to the dark side after the death of his master. These two are crowned the new Dark Lords of the Sith by the spirit of Marka Ragnos, and they pick up some allies in the Krath and the Mandalorians, and the Great Sith War begins in 3996. The Sith scour the Jedi's then homeworld of Ossus and nearly conquer the galaxy, but are undone when Keldroma returns to the light side after killing his brother in combat. Ah, oh, man. Classic. Classic. Um, that, that, that classic uh, Sith Empire. You know, Exarkun is, uh, is another big one that, that people always seem to enjoy. Um, and, uh, and and it's kind of easy to see why he had the first double bladed lightsaber. That's cool as shit. Like you, uh, you know, you can't uh, you can't get past that. Um, but uh, just like Nagasadao, Exarkun died, uh, and his spirit uh, was stuck on Yavin Four, which uh, later he uh, went on to bother uh, some of Luke Skywalker's uh, Jedi Knight or uh, Jedi Padawan students. Uh, isn't that that's the um, the series that, that you yeah, that's like the first young Jedi you got into yeah. the EU with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they, they have to fight XR Kuhn's ghost and yeah. And yeah. And then the XR Kuhn that, that we have in the old Republic just spun off from those uh, novels that I um, only vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember reading. Uh, but uh, Kelsey has said it's very formative to his Star Wars experience. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I kind of remember. It. I mean, I yeah, I it's, it's very much in that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. I mean, you know. I spent, you know, I spent five minutes earlier gushing about, uh, you know, about uh, Kreia. So, you know, it's that, that uh, you you liking the Young Jedi Knight books is far from the least embarrassing thing uh, anyone's done this episode. So, <laughs> uh, Revan's Sith Empire is next. Um, and, you know, this is basically the background for uh, Knights of the Old Republic and then the events of Knights of the Old Republic. After leading the Jedi to join the Mandalorian Wars in 3963 in order to stop the Mandalorians from committing genocide, the Jedi Revan and his best buddy Malak discover ruins from an ancient race of dark side users called the Rakata who once ruled most of the known galaxy and they fell to the dark side. In 3961... Revan engineered the destruction of his Mandalorian enemies and many of his internal enemies amongst the Jet Republican Jedi at the Battle of Malachor V. Revan and Malak discover the Rakatan Super Foundry, the Star Forge, and use it to begin the confusingly named Jedi Civil War against the Republic and remaining Jedi in 3959. Revan has a 20-year plan to destroy and remake the Republic, but it would still be an empire and he was betrayed by Malak anyway. Revan is then saved by the Jedi Bastila Shan, has his mind wiped by the Jedi Masters on Dantooine, rediscovers his old Force ability, stays true to the light side, and defeats Malak and his old Sith Empire. Um, of all the of all the uh, the Sith Empires that we talk about, uh, Revan's is is one that has um, like there seem to be. He's the only one that seems to have more of a plan, uh, who seems to have like a plan sort of like Palpatine did. Um, whereas most of these guys are just like, look, we're going to kill the Jedi and take over. I, it, don't ask me any other questions. I, I don't want to hear the end of any sentences. I, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> yeah, so. Right. Revenue. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows and loves Revenue. Or hates Revenue. Whatever. <laughs> and stay tuned for the upcoming uh, photo or uh, 
KOTOR remake, um, which we're all excited to see how they play. Which we, we're all excited to see and, and to learn really anything about. Because we, I don't know anything. Yes. No, um, so, after Revan comes the Sith Triumvirate, and we, we love a Triumvirate, uh, following the end of the Jedi Civil War, the galaxy was a mess, and rival high-ranking Sith Lords became warlords, fighting one another for control of Revan's old empire. Eventually, Darth's Trya, Nihilus, and Sion take control and begin the first Jedi Purge, killing all but about five Jedi by 3951. The Triumvirate is unique among all Sith iterations in that they don't have aspirations of ruling the galaxy through a government. Uh, Nihilus wanted to feed, Sion wanted to genocide the Jedi, and Trya wanted to attack and dethrone God. However, the Triumvirate split and Darth Trya was exiled and blinded to the Force by her two apprentices. In 3951, the Jedi exile Mitra Surik returned, saved the Republic, rebuilt the Jedi, stopped Trya from killing the Force, and gave us one hell of a good video game. Yes, yes. Um, you know, Series 6, uh, Episode 6.0 to 6.11, uh, we talked so much about KOTOR 2, uh, but the Sith Triumvirate are interesting because they uh, none of them give a shit about being like a government or like uh, uh, putting that into power. They have their own ideas, and uh, yeah, they just kind of go about it. And, and if they get there, they get there. And if they don't, well, you know, that's fine. We'll, uh, we'll eat a planet or so along the way. Um, uh, the next one to come up is the True Sith Empire. And uh, we call them the True Sith Empire because that's what Kraya calls them in KOTOR 2. Uh, they don't really have a technical name uh, for themselves. But this is the Sith that appear in uh, the Star Wars The Old Republic MMO, uh, which is still ongoing uh, somehow. So good for y'all. Good for everyone who still enjoys playing that one, um, that it's still going. In 3681, the true Sith, who had been hiding since the Sith genocide in 5000 BBY, finally returned and began a decades-long series of wars and conflicts with the Jedi and Republic. The true Sith uh, had some good times, had some bad times, were finally and fully defeated in a way that we still do not yet know, sometime before 3500 BBY. And as you said, this is all from uh, from Suator, um, series series seven. If you want to go back and listen to that, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit confusing with all the uh, different iterations of Sith that pop up, you know. But uh, but we tried we tried to uh, to to make it uh, digestible, I guess. And so, if you've we've had the the true Sith, we've had Sith Triumvirs, we've had. Multiple Sith empires that are just Sith empires, but now it's time for the new Sith, which is in two thousand. Shiny, new, <laughs> shiny, discontinued after popular uh, demand to bring back the old original Sith flavor. Um, yes, in two thousand BBY, after being thought extinct for roughly fifteen hundred years. The new Sith emerged to fight a thousand-year-long war against their ancient enemies. Uh, this war eventually culminates in a thousand BBY when Darth Bane takes an apprentice, uh, is betrayed, and he betrays the Brotherhood of the Sith, institutes the Rule of Two, and allows the Jedi Republic to finally win the new Sith Wars. This is also one of those moments where we get, um, where 
we have the how do you line up the two contradictions of the Republic is a thousand years old and the Jedi defended the Republic for a thousand generations? And the answer is you sort of refound the Republic in a thousand BBY. Ta da, we did it. Um, we did. And that's also when Darth Bane's like, cool, the Sith are just going to go deep underground. They're so underground, you probably haven't mm-hmm. heard of them. Yep, yep. You haven't, you haven't heard of us. Uh, we're too cool. Uh, we're going underground because we have to, um, because we have to defeat uh, the Jedi, um, even though de- the de- decision to go underground uh, was made while uh, the Jedi were on the brink of defeat uh, during the war. Uh, so it all, almost seems like it was all just a self-centered power grab by Darth Bane. Almost, almost, almost. Anyway, Darth Bane does his rule of two. We talked about the rule of two earlier. Uh, Before we go, there uh, are the weird iterations of the Sith um, from the... uh, from after the original trilogy, uh, you know, in Legends. So that's when you get, you know, uh, you get uh, the Lady Lumaya's uh, Sith Empire and she trains uh, Jason Solo, who becomes Darth Kaidus. And then there's there's Abeloth and the Lost Tribe of the Shit, Sith, the Lost Tribe of the Shit uh, show back up after, I don't know, 65,000 some odd 5,000 some odd years um on their own little planet uh yeah it is a um it's a wild story uh uh, Kelsey uh do you have a favorite um uh Sith Empire from uh from from the a favorite (laughs) Sith Empire from after the original trilogy but before the expanded universe canon or before the expanded universe stories were wiped even though they're still there as John Jackson Miller helpfully (laughs) yes um, great episode. Just go listen to it um, if you haven't already. Um, I mean, I think mm-hmm. the sort of the Sith that I am most interested in from Legends. I mean, I think which I don't think I. The thing is, I don't find the Sith empires terribly compelling. There's sort of a, mm-hmm. and I keep I keep going back to sort of these like these early early modern states for my comparison, but there's kind of the thing that, that strikes me about them and, and the Sith is that when it's possible to sort of briefly create a very domineering military force, but very few of these things ever properly institutionalize themselves for the long run. And I think that's the more mm-hmm. interesting question because as we've as we've seen over and over in Canon, right, the Republic isn't actually a great government, but it's more of a durable one. And so I think none mm. of the Sith really none of the Sith empires uh particularly speak to me. But of that I think um the most fascinating one is Revan who has a wildly like uh whiplashing plan to go from oh the republic mm-hmm. is vulnerable therefore i need to do this horrific act to break the republic and the mandalorians build an empire and then mm-hmm. come in and reconstitute it as some form of order because the existing order has failed and so i think revan mm-hmm. is compelling for that and i think it's also extremely synth right that he is um, able to execute the cruelty and unable to uh, stick to the stick the landing on institutionalization, um, and so I think that has to be my pick. <laughs> yeah, I I mean 
I think I think I just gotta I gotta go with Naga Sadao. You know, my man uh, my man saw his uh, his attempt to attack the Republic almost succeeded. Um, you know, fights the first uh, galaxy spanning war. Um, you know, in tens of thousands of years against the Republic, and uh, it's over in eighteen hours. You know, is it better to to, to burn out or fade away? <laughs> well, I don't know, but uh, man, he he did it. He did it. I I don't know. Like the 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 Sith empires, the empires of the Sith aren't, as you said, aren't very aren't terribly interesting in and of themselves. They're only interesting when they are like Revan, where he has like this insanely detailed like plan. You th- you thinking of Revan with like his like m- mountains of of spiral bound or his his mountains of notebooks, you know, with his his plan properly printed out and everything <laughs> like that. And Malik's like, "Hey, cool, man. Uh look over there." And then he just shoots him in the back. Um, you know, which is what the Sith do so Revan should have expected it but you know whatever or they're interesting when they're like you know the the Sith and KOTOR 2 and they're just like yeah we really don't care about galactic power um uh, you know one of us is hungry and one of us is a sad emo boy and you know one of us is mad at God you know you know it's it's like uh you know that's that's when they get interesting to me you know like the story of, of XR Kuhn and Ulick Keldroma is a great story. I, you know, I'm well, well on the record of, as loving, you know, tales of the, Je- the Jedi, but like their empire, meh, <laughs> meh, un, un, uninteresting, uninteresting to me from that perspective, at least. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, you know, we've been going through the politics of different things, the politics of, uh, the Republic and, and, uh, um, the uh, the separatist and the force and everything like that and next time we're going to uh, to get to the Jedi and there's a whole lot there because it's a whole lot more dense and weird than uh, the politics of the Sith which are relatively uh, open and, uh, and and unobscured for everyone to see uh, so yeah so next time we're going to talk about that um, and uh, yeah uh, but we just wanted to uh, to do a quick episode here on the Sith um, and uh, yeah just kind of talk about some Sith because uh if you know if their empires aren't interesting they are at least uh you know they they, they gave some laughs so who's to say they're really all bad um <laughs> kelsey um in the meantime where uh where can the good people find you find sure you? you can find me on twitter at ather10kd you can find me on the Substack at the same where i will be talking um, about how uh, Age of Empires shaped our understanding of empires. I really uh, hope to have that one up soon. And if not that, there's plenty on robot dogs and uh, all sorts of acts of evil that happened in real life. Hey, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't ever know how to follow that because I'm just like, yeah, I'm on Twitter and I have another podcast. And you're like, yeah, here's this. Uh, here, here are these stories, you know, I do about uh, about real world things that could kill us all. And I'm like. Yeah, um, I'm going to go over here and do some more, you know, post some more memes that I made. You should be listening to uh, Luke on um, (laughs) We're Not So Different, which is a delightful romp through um, medieval (laughs) history and politics. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, Yeah, uh, as always, my name is Luke at Luke is amazing on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you can find my other show. We're not so different, uh, wherever you're listening to this right now. Um, or you can find it on Twitter at WNSD pod. Um, again, thank you so much for listening and, uh, may the force be with you.